tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that will exterminate your species. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and take that you will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From the Area 51 freeze-dried authors exhibition, it's once again clickbait for the years. Welcome to TalkCast 401. Are you kidding me? No, it's 401 this edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, with a song in my lungs after an acute coughing fit, I'm your host, the guy once again passing on the flu shot, taking the whiskey shot. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, some of the rest of the gang, in the Peabody Time Tunnel, Sitting at the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Help Desk and Gaming Pavilion, it's our own prodigious prestidigitator of protons and electrons, Rihanna. Who is promised will actually say nothing again tonight. And I think we're all better for it. And she's back in the Dank Dungeons award-winning Department of Electronic Book Reprinting Redundancy at Cyborg University's Reference Annex on the Carbondale West Idaho Satellite Campus Library. Welcome, Zombrarian. I didn't forget to unmute. I just forgot. No, I forgot to think of something to say, so I unmuted, and I was there, and I was ready to go, and there were no words. (laughs) (laughs) That's how good I am at podcasting the uh you're 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 actually getting the bar nice and low for me oh not a problem not a problem the bar is so low it's ridiculous i was so focused on unmuting the microphone at the right time that i forgot about words i was just thinking to myself i wonder if anybody's ever like talked too soon and interrupted the intro and i'm glad i'm not that guy Oh, it happens all the time but not a problem answer like the little bumpers that we play before the theme song. We've had people try to yeah. like answer those thinking <laughs> one of us. We have some very silly people on this show because we're <laughs> it, ostensibly very silly ourselves. They kind of yeah, I'm not going to pretend not to be silly. It's just, you know. Yeah, not at all, not at all. <laughs> the person pretending not to be silly on the other end of this microphone is a guy you haven't heard of. Or if you have, good, because you should have. Um, a year ago, at the first incarnation of uh, King Comic Con, uh, I bumped into this guy who's... looks like i don't know a a large guy with a bunch of knives all around him um yeah 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 wearing the black (laughs) glasses the the trench coat and the whole thing and and a bunch of (laughs) macabre (laughs) illustrations and and i just kind of went 
nice. He went, thanks. And I think that was all we exchanged. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, that kind of took the bar for everybody else I interacted with that day. <laughs> but, yeah, I do okay. I fake it all right. You know, I try to interact with people. Because, I mean, especially because of the way I look, it's kind of, you know, I get a few people to look at me and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to go talk to that guy. <laughs> and, so I got to kind of like bridge, bridge the gap. There you go. And I turned to Booking Monkey and I went, Cam, we need to get him on the show. I don't know if he can string a sentence together, but I'd like to watch him try. Uh, yeah. And, and we had nice you to be able to be like, I want to know that guy's deal. <laughs> we had you book for a show last year. I think I ended up being ill or something. I don't recall what. And we blew yeah. it and it never happened. And lo and behold, yeah. uh, I bumped into you again at King Comic Con Rev 2 this year. And you had more macabre drawings and bigger, longer, sharper knives and stuff. <laughs> and I just went, yeah. okay, let's try this one again. And last yeah, two I mean, weeks ago, I was talking to Cam and I went, who have we not booked that we said we were going to book? And he <laughs> went, Noah Whippy. And I went, the guy who didn't talk. Yeah, let's yeah. get him on. For an audio yeah, podcast. that's a name that's hard to forget. <laughs> I made it Joining us for tonight, me, I guess, you know. Former tattooist and piercer, comic book artist, traditional illustrator, digital illustrator, painter, magician, writer, knife makes maker, pixel artist, game designer, programmer, and professional cake decorator. <laughs> Noah Whip. <laughs> Can't forget that one. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, I got to the end of yeah, that list. That's a weird trip. Seriously? I can't yeah. imagine what these cakes look like. Actually, yeah. I believe that every single one of those things kind of feeds <laughs> into others. It, dude, it really does. I'm glad you get that. Cause no, I, mean, I like, totally get it. Yeah, because I mean, like, I remember, like, I would do airbrush work or something like that or do some kind of sculpting deal. And then I get into cake decorating. And they're like, okay, we've got an airbrush set up here and this and that. I'm like, for real? All right, cool. It really does. It all translates together. Yep. If you know something about one, it kind of works for another. Like like when I started doing pixel art work, it's like as long as you know a few basic rules to do pixel art and you have a basic knowledge of like lighting and shadow, then you're all set. When did you realize that art was going to be what it was for you? What, what major rev revelation happened that, that clued you into that? Oh, man. See, for me, it was never really like... Uh, like an over the night, like, Hey, I really dig this art thing. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I mean, as soon as I could hold a pencil, I'd start drawing, you know, my parents would give me color books and, uh, I would start drawing in the margins instead of actually coloring in the pictures. In the <laughs> That's and when you know always creepy stuff. Like if you look at my books back from school and stuff, I remember there was like this project in school where we had to retell a favorite story of ours and draw pictures for it. And the story that I decided to draw, I think it was like third or fourth grade, was the Army of the Darkness. Oh, good and lord! And it's like, so here I am, like drawing ash with chainsaw, and like making up monsters and stuff. So it'd be like <laughs> skeletal pterodactyls and stuff. They're like throwing fireballs and whatever. But, I mean, you know, I had a brother that was older than me, and he subjected me to all the cool, weird stuff. Like, hey, have you seen Dead Alive? You want to watch this with me, kid? Or hey, have you ever heard of Akira? It was funny because yeah, I, I was talking to one of my daughters 
uh, just the other night, and she goes, yeah, mom would never let me watch Buffy. I'd have to come downstairs and watch it with you on Saturday mornings. I went, yeah, that's really? kind of the way that worked. So there was, yeah. there was always somebody putting it into your head, and your, your brother's the one who started that. What was it? So you oh, started yeah. out drawing by hand. Oh, yeah. And, totally. and all through high school and, and through school and all the rest of that. Oh yeah, that's when um, I got when a lot you, of work done you, was in school. <laughs> yeah, because I mean I didn't do any of the homework or anything, so it's like I got to do okay. something. I might as well draw. That makes sense. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> that's a bad message. No, it is. It's a. It's a very bad message to follow your dream regardless. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not really a poster child for that because I don't really know what I'm doing either. I mean, okay, like, the whole source of my creative ADD is like, hey, this looks like fun. But, you know, for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, you've, you've opened up a whole bunch of different arenas. I mean, I sat and I looked at the, uh, the card sets that uh, you put on Kickstarter two years ago that yeah. just flew off the table. They were nuts the way they were sold. Yeah, they did really and well. It, and then, you know, I'm looking at these knives and I'm going, so how do you get from here to there? And I guess in your mind, it makes sense. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about figuring out the process. But I guess that's like half the fun. It's like, you know, scouring articles online, seeing the million different ways that people do things and picking out my favorites. Especially so, for me, we're like, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go on. I'm well, like, uh, especially for me, figuring out the right process, it's going to, like, let me interject or inject as much of my artwork as I can, as much creativity as I can. Because I'm not satisfied, satisfied just making a thing, but I really want to have, like, full creative control. So, like, when I etch the cleaver blades and stuff like that, I've got this process that's just perfect. I can get an insane amount of detail and basically put an illustration of mine on this cleaver blade. It's, it's like, crazy. Me, just, yes. Most fun ever. My God, and I, I mean, some of it is just, uh, and and uh, there will be links uh, with tonight's podcast for you, you guys who are listening to look at what I'm talking about uh, for some of this oh, stuff. Um, some stuff of yours that's on DeviantArt, some uh, stuff of yours that's on ArtStation, and uh, yeah, I mean, you think it's all on there? Because I. I don't know if I've got pictures of the Vampire Hunter one on there, because that one's just, like, it's covered in scrollwork and pictures of, like, vampires, and it comes in... That's the one on your Facebook page. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Relatively, I'd actually been working on that over a period of time before I uh, got the ability and figured out a process to do all the super detailed etching that's on there. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, every year I just try to amp it up a little bit and do something a little bit crazier. And it... It's like, you know, every time I turn around and look at what you're doing, there's something new that you're into or some new yeah, process. For that better or worse. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, mean, I well, can't tell you. People, how could it be? Sorry. It can't possibly be for work. You know, I mean. No, you, not you at all. I mean, that's as, why I work a regular job. <laughs> it keeps your other jobs going. Well, I mean, like, for me, it's this weird thing. I've always had to consider okay, this is me describing to you how I'm a weird creature as an artist. So obviously I've always had this notion of, okay, if I'm going to be an artist, I have to do this as a full-time job. Otherwise I'm a failure. And I think a lot of people feel that, right? A lot of people start off like, that I, way. Sure. 
yeah. I mean, so like I consider it's like, okay, well, I like doing tattooing first off, right? So I'm like, okay, this is going to be my career. I go and I do it. But I eventually had to stop because it was putting too much strain on my hands. But honestly, I wasn't sad to say goodbye because I, I kind of hated it. You know, I mean, here I am like breaking my hands day in and day out to do other people's ideas, which we'll be honest, it was a small town doing cheap tattoos. They were stupid. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care about it. You know, but I mean, if I work like my full-time regular job that I get to do a little bit of artsy-fartsy stuff for, and then in my free time, just do whatever the hell I want, that's what makes me happy. It, it's funny because I never thought of uh, a tattoo artist as, as really working his hands horribly. I didn't oh, realize man, that it was it, like one of the toughest things you could do to your hands. Really? Like, my, oh, my yeah. Like wrecked after a few hours. No clue. Like one of the yeah, top, like, it's one of the top, um jobs for rsi isn't it rsi what's that repetitive stress injuries like carpal tunnel and stuff like that oh yeah totally i got uh tendonitis in both my hands from it because i mean yeah. it's not like your other hand's getting a break either because you have to stretch the skin taut with your left hand while you tattoo with your right wow because the tattoo yeah, cool. is like moving the whole time and you have to not only like move it where you want it to be you have to hold it still too yeah, and they're talking to me. And I don't, I don't want my paper to talk to me. I just want to do my job, you know? I mean, the cake thing is nice because, like, like I actually worked in a sign shop a while back, too, a couple of years ago. And that was pretty nice, too, because I get to use, like, a little bit of my art skill, but not totally break myself. Because while I was tattooing, I was, like, working on my first comic book, and I wanted to get into that. And it's just like, you know, if I go and work for one of these big comic book companies or something like that. Not saying that I'm good enough, but if I did, if that was my goal, I'd be working in day in and day out, just trying to complete somebody else's ideas and bring those to life, you know, instead of my own, which is what I've been working on since I was a kid to be able to do, you know, so I might as well just do it in my free time. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, to, to be able to do your own art, whether it's a, a, a photograph or an illustration or an etching on, on metal. That's the yeah. yeah. I mean, man, there was some song that I listened to. I forgot what it was. Was that like moving me down the highway song or something? That's what he's like saying. I'm going to keep singing my song. Even if it gets me nowhere, I'll go there proud. I heard that. I was like, <laughs> shit, that's what I'm going for, man. I get it. <laughs> it's like exactly the sentiment. So I mean, the thing, the thing that puzzled me and now doesn't quite so much yeah. Is that I, I bumped into you twice yeah. at this tiny little convention in Keene, New Hampshire, which hardly anybody knows about. Yeah. And I've which never seen Keen. at another show. And my question yeah. to you is, why the fuck not? <laughs> that's a very fair question. Uh, Thank that's you. That's pretty so. much the question I get asked like all day while I'm there, too. So, okay. For one thing, the reason that I do go to Keene is because Keene is my old hometown, so I know it super well. When I come up there, I visit my buddies and everything. Uh, the convention is super approachable. You know, all my friends and, like, old co coworkers and stuff will stop by and see me. And I, I really, I just know the town, you know? And it's like a one-day event. You know, I don't have to be like, oh, crap, i got to drive crazy places. Because as I told you before, started recording, I'm kind of a hermit. I don't get out a whole lot. But I am going to try to break out a little bit more. 
because my buddy that actually came with me last time to play roadie for me, he says that he would like to bring me to some more big conventions because, you know, he actually had to stand in and hear all these conversations, people telling right. me I need to do more conventions. And he agreed with them. And he said, you know, he travels a lot, so he's comfortable traveling and he's been to these other bigger conventions. So he said that he would take well, me. To it's not necessarily bigger conventions, but you know, at least more there's, there are a number of regional one day cons all yeah. over New England yeah. that are easy to get to easy to get in and out of, uh, not terribly expensive to do that. Yeah. That makes sense. But I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I'd definitely you're, be willing to try some of those guys. You're, you're, you're sitting on, on, some and again to the listener click on the links as i'm talking about this because some of the stuff that noah does is just absolutely incredible and and Thanks, the man. detail oh no nah, man i'm why why have i been trying to get you on the show for two years because <laughs> no, people need to know about you know what it is you're doing. I mean, you're... I'm okay if, if they want to, you know, I mean, I feel like all of my, all of my uh, artwork passed a couple of weeks ago was garbage anyway, since I started doing like more painting stuff, but you know, I mean, I still like it. Okay. Hey, you know, that I don't, I don't know down. a single artist who doesn't feel that way. Exactly. And you take it one of two ways. You let it cripple you or you grow from it. You can say, okay, I don't like this artwork. That means I suck as an artist. Or you can say, I don't like this artwork. It means I've grown as an artist. You're, you're, you're evolving. You're, you're changing yeah. your style. Your style is, is moving you forward. Um, last year when you had two or three kind of long knives with you yeah. and basically there was just, uh, some really nice scroll work on, on the blade and some really, really beautiful stuff this year. The there was work. a lot more of it. Oh my yeah. God. How did that happen? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I got some new tools. Um, I figured out a way to etch that was uh, really effective that I could do myself without having to outsource anything. Because before I had to like uh, get like masks and stuff, print and cut from other companies and sent to me. But now I've got it all in shop. I've got a, like a much better bell grinder that I can grind my edges and shape the steel on. Nice. So, you know, it's, it's like the same thing, constantly kind of upgrading the, the process. You know what I'm saying? So part of you is painting, part of you is illustrating, part of you yeah. is being a pixel manager, and part of you is like, I got these knives. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, come on, who doesn't like knives? You know, it's like an aging 90s gothy dude that watched Highlander as a kid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. I remember when I was like sitting on my dad's carpet making katanas out of cardboard and duct tape and thinking, hmm, this steel is not strong enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I'm to that point where it's like, all right, this could actually hurt somebody besides giving them a mean paper cut. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's, it's just kind of, uh, I, I am struck by what you re refer to as your artistic ADD. Oh yeah. <laughs> See now, okay. You, this is, you can't stick I'm trying to play with any it length now. Of time. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Well, see, I'm trying to work with that now because I've realized I can't stop it. And I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it too. So the way I've figured out it works is like, it's not so much that I always have a new project. I just kind of juggle them. So like you talk about like how before I had some knives this year, I've got more. It's not like I was working on them the entire time. I actually like took some knives, put them aside 
because I realized that I'd pretty much done all I could do with them at that point. And then I kind of mulled it over while I worked on other projects, realized I could do more, and then was excited to work on them again, then picked it back up. So really, I juggle things constantly. And again, you know, that's what an artist does. I mean, yeah, I, I know so. writers who I mean, I know it's what I got do. a great idea for a book. They write the first 30 pages and it sits for five years. And I've literally, yeah. you know, and that happens. But they yeah. eventually, one day it goes, oh, shit, that, that's what I can do. And boom, they're right back. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, the writing thing, like, this has come out of nowhere. I have never been a writer. I mean, because it's so subjective, it's like totally terrifying to work on. Anything I've ever written before, I've like looked at it five seconds later, and I'm like, oh, it's garbage, get it out of my face. <laughs> but like now, it's I don't know what happened, but just clicked. And I totally dig it, and I'm having fun. I think like uh, a friend of mine told me something that made a lot of sense. He referred to writing as sketching, like illustration work. So like getting something down quickly and then working with it later, because if you don't have that sketch in place, then you can't refine it. And that made a lot of sense to me. So I've been Yeah, absolutely like it does. You, you put it yeah. in terms that you could, you could relate to. I, mean, I, I once oh, had a yeah. comic book artist say to me, oh, I, I, I can't write. I said, cut the shit. Of course, you're, you're writing every day. You're writing comic books. Said, well, that's different. I said, yeah. no, it isn't. It really isn't any different whatsoever. Only well, I think you. people get bogged down and scared by like the rules of writing. You know what I mean? Because I don't know that I'm technically a good writer, but I know that I enjoy it, and I think the ideas that I have to get across are worthwhile. And my girlfriend's I, good at grammar and stuff. So, <laughs> but I think the idea is that if you do enjoy it, eventually, it ends up where you want it to be. Oh yeah, and so you know, of course, I get it in my mind. I want to do this little like horror anthology book, and like fill it with tons of like creepy, intense illustrations, and just, you know, because. <laughs> The satisfaction for me is at the end of the day, having this thing that I can hold in my hand, you know, this complete, like succinct, concise idea that's just been made into reality. That's the biggest high I get out of art. So that's what, that's, that's the long view for your next big project. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've already come up with like two more since the last time, you know, I saw you at King Comic Con. Uh, yeah, I, that would not surprise me in the least. Just so you live madness. <laughs> that's the best kind of madness never ending i mean it works for me you know i've learned to weaponize it <laughs> so to speak <laughs> there you go weaponizing madness yeah. kind of works <laughs> yeah so you sit you, you you live in a hermit out in the woods yeah. uh in your own lovely little log cabin Oh, yeah. where, you can, where you can just, you know, do the things you need to do. You go into town to do your, like, real job, your your day job. Then you come yeah. back to do your real job. <laughs> yeah, from real to real. Yeah. So, you used to be a magician? Well, that I just kind of dabbled in. I'm not going to say that I ever did that, like, professionally, I guess, which I hope I didn't write that down on the website, because then I'd feel like a douchebag. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I always had a bunch of friends that were magicians, and I'd pick up stuff here and there, and I've done, like, a couple of performances. But it was always kind of a thing, like, oh, yeah, no, he does magic. Strictly card stuff, though. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that makes sense, because a lot of your, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's cart before the horse or horse in front of the cart, but there's a lot of your yeah. work that you do with cards, 
Uh, oh yeah, for, totally. Like, how did that? How did that happen? Oh man, that's another weird one. Uh, that also brings up the DeviantArt subject. Can't so imagine mean, like, why so that's I, a weird one. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, what is it? So I got into uh, so I got into doing magic and stuff when I was in high school. And I'm going to preface this all by saying I don't consider myself an excellent magician by any way. But like, you know, it's like when I talked about the knives. I like to be able to interject my creativity into whatever I'm doing. If I don't have like full creative control of what I'm doing, it's just not fun for me. So like uh, when it came to the cards and stuff, when I do tricks, I'd like make my own gas cards, which you, if you don't know, it's like a trick card. So like mm-hmm. I figured out a way to like take the bicycle card, and, like strip off the coating and be able to like illustrate or print my own designs on the card so I can make my own tricks. Cause you know, I don't want to just do the same stuff that everybody else does. I want to make my own things. And that kind of turned into me playing, making some uh, card designs that I just kind of threw on DeviantArt, like no real yep. intention form or anything like that. I think I figured out that you could print some custom back ones on bicycle. So I designed some stuff for that, like hoping I could buy some decks off of them. And then someone gets in touch with me about printing my own bicycle decks as like official ones for distribution. And that's how the bicycle coffin fodder decks came out. Right. The, yeah, which so by originally the way, started are... as my own design. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, are freaking amazingly beautiful. Thanks, man. I mean, you know I hate them, but I'm going to say thank you anyway, because they're super old, and I'm like, oh, man, that's... Uh, that's yeah, it was like, like months ago, man. Come on, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, I appreciate them for what they are. It's nice to be able to take them to conventions and stuff, and I think that's, like, not something a lot of other people sell, so I think people, you know, they pick up on that. So you've, you've done Keen Comic Con twice. Yeah, and that, that's about it for conventions right now to this point. Oh, that's totally it. It's totally it. What was it like for you last year, the very first time? Oh man, it was like a revelation. It was beautiful because I mean, like for me, what I go to get out of it is to feel like an artist for a day. You know, because like I told you, I live in a bubble. This is yep. me getting out of my bubble. This is me <laughs> finding out that there are people that actually enjoy my stuff. And don't just like it on Facebook, you know what I mean? To be polite. Well, yeah, because everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't harsh them for that. I mean, I do the same thing, but you know, just, I don't know. I've I've never been like an egotistical artist, you know what I mean? I I mean, like I've said, I've always been very self-critical of my work. So, I mean, to go out there and realize that there are actually people out there that are interested in my stuff, that's what I get from it. Like so, I'm not so, there to make money. I'm not there so to sell you're myself sitting there, and, and these concept. people are walking by, and they're they're looking down, and then you're watching them, and and you're seeing them stop and talk to each other about your stuff, and yeah. and good feeling. <laughs> Dude, it's it, nothing beats it. It's like the best day of my life consistently every year. <laughs> you did know, you not, did you sell any stuff that first year? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I was shocked by how much stuff I sold. Wow. I mean, a lot of it, I think, comes from, like, the interaction, too, you know, like, saying hey to Mm -hmm. people. Because, you know, they build a connection with you, and, you know, they want to, like, support or own a bit of it. Which is something that kind of irritates people, I think, because I don't sell any of my knives. And, like, people ask me all the time, all right, how much for these guys? I'm like, nah, sorry, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised you why, too. You and I, uh, yeah, we had that interaction, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, was that the first year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, man. It's pretty much everyone's everyone's gripe with me. So why don't you sell any of your knives? 
Well, for an obvious reason and probably a less obvious reason, um, the obvious reason being that obviously I'm very attached to it. You know what I mean? It yeah. took just like a ton of man hours to make it. And, you know, I make things to surround myself with the, uh, the products of my imagination, you know, to take that little bit of stuff going on in my, inside my head from that little world there and put it outside of me. The less obvious part is because I don't think they're good enough to sell the people. I know. I, I like, hear me out. Because I know, like, people have, like, you know, really high standards for knives and stuff. And it's like, you know, these are display pieces. I mean, Why I know would people somebody are ask be you how it, much but... it is if they didn't want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, I think to myself, it's okay, like, yeah, I said I wasn't okay, going to talk unless you said like... something really dumb, right? <laughs> that is possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You have this conversation multiple times about people wanting to buy your knives, but they're definitely not good enough to sell. Do you hear well, yourself? I mean, like... it's a good thing we're recording this because I want you to play it back <laughs> afterwards and just listen to yourself yeah. there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I know it's it's kind of silly to say, but you know, it, it kind of harkens back all to that that super right. self-critical thing. You know what I mean? Well, then just do me this favor, if you would. When right. the time comes that you decide, uh, maybe I'll sell some of these knives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me in on that, would you please? Because your stuff right, is freaking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm so. looking at the coffin cleaver. Oh, yeah. That was my first one. And, yeah, I've got a picture of it sitting here. And I'm actually going to put that on our website so that guys can see that. Uh, All right, cool. And, uh, and I'm just looking at it. I'm going, Jesus Christ, this is cool shit. And Thanks, I, Well, you know, it's the kind of thing where you know, anybody can go and get a, a pop figure of Black Canary at oh, one of these. Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, you get an original piece of artwork, to get an original piece of artisan work yeah. is something that's really special, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think so. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I just want to make all the stuff that I got, you know? And, like, mm -hmm. I feel like the, the perfect kind of, like, I guess, reason for artistic expression is you'll think of an idea and think, man, how cool would it be if that existed, you know, and then you put in the work. And so then you make like perfect artistic expression. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have and a I, very important question. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> a follow up. Very important question. Has anyone right. ever told you that you need to go to rock and shock? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I've been desperate to go to that. Some okay. Kind of situations where, like, I've got to have a buddy who will basically be my keeper. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Have, like, I'm glad people like, have hey, told you, and I'm glad that you know you need to go, because, because that's I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. The, like, it's not... Not that I have anything against fan art. We have, like, a portfolio with fan oh, yeah. art that we have purchased at cons but if i mean you don't, i want to make it too but yeah. i feel like i can't if you but and if you don't produce fan art and rock and shock is one of those places where people go and they're not necessarily expecting fan art or looking for it right they yeah. appreciate it there but they also appreciate original stuff and i think that yeah you i think you would have a great time and the, the, the real cool. important thing is that there's a difference 
between well there when you go into an artist's alley at a major convention there are the artists who are doing superman and batman and the rest of them there are the well-known artists who go yeah this is a comic book i've been doing for 20 years here's some of the original artwork from it uh yeah. there are the up-and-coming artists who are trying to break into the field and then there are the artisans and the artisans are doing something very new and very original and very different from everything else that's there and honest to god yeah. no i think that's where you fit in i really do awesome yeah that's definitely where i'd like to i mean back to the rock and shock thing admittedly i kind of I like being the black sheep. I don't know if I'm comfortable in like a group of like my total peers. You know what I mean? Cause I like fear the sense of like unoriginality. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, this artist has the same voice as me, but they, you know, but they speak it better. So why bother? You know uh... what I mean? I find like, I find like being in a group of people that are like, you know, share all the same sentiments as me, like destroys my sense of originality. And I hate to admit that it's that fragile, but I mean, I feel like everybody's is. That's that '90s goth kid thing. I mean, like, but I don't like scary one. Yeah, exactly. I remember that feel. I like is dark, and so is my heart. Why bother with anything? It's all misery and death and decay. <laughs> I am dark yeah, and mysterious. No, no one understands me in my and if people look at you at a convention, they go, "Oh God, that's who he is." Until Which is funny because, like, things. in real life, I'm like the goofiest bastard that ever bastarded across. You know, it's it's like the yes, total opposite you of who I am. I will admit, I I was I was a little afraid of that. I was like, oh man, all these people are going to know more about horror stuff than me, and they're all going to be yeah. way more awesome about horror stuff than me. But it turned out to be kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would be, but man, I don't know. I just don't want to like become disillusioned. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, so I worked at a comic shop for a while, right? For a couple of years down here. And I thought, you know, cause I just moved to this area and I was like, cool, I'll go work at this comic shop, you know, make some buddies and whatever, meet some other people that are interested in what, my, what I do and like feel motivated by that, you know, cause I'll be hanging out with my audience basically. Yeah. But it's just like, nerds are mean. They're oh, like mean nerds people. Are mean, but goths aren't. No, they're not. Yeah, I remember. Always nice. Yeah. And no one challenges oh. you. If you're like, yeah, I like the aesthetic of that movie, but I don't know it line for line. They're like, oh, cool. Let me tell you some cool stuff about the effects they used and how they did them. And oh man. I love that shit. It's like, let me share this with you instead of let me challenge your knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Or talk stuff. I don't know why. I just love it. It's just like, (laughs) you know, people sometimes are like into bands and they know all the band members and this and that. I don't know any of that shit. I basically know the members of Pink Floyd and I know about them and that's pretty much it. But, like, movies, man, it's just, like, I just eat that stuff up. It's like, oh, did you know that, oh, Freddy Krueger did this and that, and that was why this happened, you know? You know, like, Rob Bond, when he worked on the thing, like, almost died because he was eating Snickers bars and sleeping, like, two hours a night? <laughs> I love it. It is so much fun to finally get you on the show, Noah, I got to tell you. And yeah, man, really, fun. And, uh... We've got to start meeting at other conventions from now on. Um, <laughs> All right, fair enough. And you and I are going to talk about 
kind of the places you can go and and have that the kind of a one day deal that works best for you and, and will uh, give you some great exposure because you know guys who are listening out there and I know you're listening out there because you come up to conventions <laughs> and you go yeah I heard your podcast and I look at you and I go no you, don't, you nobody listens to my podcast it's okay but we're at 401 yeah. so must be doing something right you know and and you guys who are listening out there need to see some of this stuff. You need to come to the next con where he's at. You need to look. You need to talk uh, and, and kind of give the artist validation that is required when you see art and artisan work like this. It's just freaking wonderful. And no, yeah, I and you know I hate my own stuff, so you don't have to be afraid to talk to me. Because <laughs> you know yeah. I don't think I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. And I hope to see you again real soon. Coming coming up on Sci-Fi Saturday Night next week is Sierra Como, who we met uh, at a couple of conventions to talk about her new book. And uh, on December 15th, Eric Radvan comes to talk about Crypt Zero and other comic works. Looking forward to And then looking forward to a couple of weeks off for the Xmas holidays, which we're going to enjoy. Sci-Fi Saturday, an official podcast of Granite Con, Keen Comic Con, Plastic City Comic Con, booze.com and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. If you're looking for a really great gift for the coming holidays, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and at BarnesandNoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is now available on audio on Audible, because I'm really not sure where else you could possibly find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. More of his amazing stuff can be found at robwattsonline.com. Check out it's amazeballs. And our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their grooves can be found on lawrencemademecry.com. We love you, Joe. We always will. Many thanks to the gang for joining us from the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you so much, ladies. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain and shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Enjoy the chaos, folks. I know.